Listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up.
like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we have, of course, all kinds of things to play for you this evening. But uh, as usual, we're going to start out with our jazz feature. And tonight is a very special one because it is a wonderful big band that was led by one of the pioneers of modern jazz, John Burks Gillespie, who, of course, was better known as Dizzy Gillespie. Dizzy actually thrived in front of a big band. He really did. He played so beautifully, and he was always inspired by having a a large group behind him. And in the 1940s, um, he was formed one of the great pioneering big bands, which uh, was in existence from about 1945 to 1949. And, of course, in 49 and 50, the ballrooms and the large clubs were closing all over the United States, and that really kind of marked the end of the traditional big band era. And, of course, uh, there were a lot of uh, unemployed musicians wandering around the streets looking for gigs. Dizzy continued, of course, and and worked with small bands. And he was signed in the mid-'50s to Norman Grant's label and began recording for the great uh, entrepreneurial Mr. Grant's, who, of course, owned record companies. And Dizzy also toured with um, Jazz at the Philharmonic. And he was able to make a couple of uh, studio recordings with a large band. And he got the fever again. Really wanted to form a big band. But economically, was kind of unrealistic. However, the State Department came through and offered Dizzy a tour of the Far and Middle East if he would form a big band and be an American musical ambassador. The countries included places where um, Americans are not particularly welcome today, Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, (laughs) Pakistan, uh, also Greece, uh, where Dizzy was, of course, uh, would be welcome today. But um, yes, so that was his tour. Um, And of course, he was a great uh, ambassador for uh, Uh, the United States, and presented his music. Not only was the band um, integrated, in other words, there were uh, African-American players and Caucasian players in the band, but there was also a female. And uh, so that was kind of neat, and that presented this sort of broad spectrum to um, a lot of these folks uh, in in those countries, that uh, jazz pulled all kinds of um, not only uh, cultures together, but unified uh, was a kind of a spirit of, of, 
not only musical unity, but social unity as well. Anyhow, um, the State Department tour came to an end, and uh, very successful. And, of course, Dizzy had to uh, continue to keep the big band working, and he booked himself into uh, clubs, ballrooms, did tours, played festivals. And he was so successful on his first tour that the State Department came through again and gave him a second tour, but this time it was to South America. And it was to Argentina, Brazil, Peru, Chile, all those wonderful South American countries. And, of course, uh, Dizzy was right at home down there as well and charmed everybody, not only with his music, but also picked up um, some of the South American music. Dizzy had always been open to, uh, say, Cuban rhythms and so on, but this time on that South American tour, he picked up the, uh, the magical sort of graceful music called the bossa nova. And uh, Dizzy was one of the very first, if not the first, to bring that rhythm uh, and that concept um, and integrate it into jazz music. Unfortunately, he didn't capitalize on that. Other people did, um, but Dizzy could have, but he also (laughs) went on to different things. Anyway, this recording um, is very rare. It wasn't uh, issued on any kind of commercial label, but it was extremely well recorded, and it is the big band after the completion of the two State Department tours. And this was recorded in a club in Chester, Pennsylvania, and it was a very, very large sort of a supper club. And the engineer, the recording engineer on here was the redoubtable Wally Hyder, and one of the finest engineers in the business. And he recorded big bands in a very simple way. Today, big bands are recorded. There's microphones all over the place on every horn. There's microphones on the drums, all that kind of stuff. You don't need that. Wally Hyder had a single mic overhead in on the band and captured the sound of this uh, incredible aggregation. That's all that was needed, and uh, the sound is, uh, is very balanced and very clean and very professional. And uh, this recording is a real treasure of this particular band. So they had a weak engagement at this club. Uh, it was called the Club Bel Air, uh, as I said, in Chester, Pennsylvania. And uh, this was the second-to-last night of the band's engagement, and they were thoroughly enjoying themselves. And um, this is what we're going to hear this evening on the jazz feature. Now, the big band included some great stars in jazz and some lesser-known musicians. Of course, Dizzy Gillespie is playing trumpet, and he's the leader. Uh, In the trumpet section, Talib Dawood and a young teenager who was about to become a big star, Lee Morgan. He was 18 years old. Ermit Perry and Carl Bama Warwick made up the rest of the trumpet section. On trombones, Ray Connors and the female in the band, Melba Liston, who wrote many of the arrangements. 
and the soloist in the trombone section was the redoubtable Al Gray. Saxophones on altos, one of my favorites, Ernie Henry and Jimmy Powell. Well, two of my favorites. I like them both. And on tenor saxophones, Benny Golson and Billy Mitchell. And on baritone saxophone, Pee Wee Moore. On piano, somebody uh, that you all should know, the great Winton Kelly. On bass, Tommy Bryant. And on drums, Dizzy's favorite big band drummer, who is still with us, Charlie Persip. So that's the personnel of the band, and uh, we're going to get to the music and let you hear all the tunes. Dizzy Gillespie uh, is going to introduce the first tune, which is his most famous composition. And it features, and this was a great honor for this young trumpet player, to be featured on A Night in Tunisia. And I'm talking about Lee Morgan, and he takes the trumpet solo on here. Dizzy Gillespie gave his solo to Lee. And then we're going to hear a tune uh, after that called Autumn Leaves, a standard tune, and it was arranged by Melba Liston. And then a great tune by uh, Ernie Wilkins called Dizzy's Business. And then a variation on a theme by Grieg. And again, that was arranged by Melba Liston. The tune is called Anitra's Dance. It's a fascinating piece. Then we're going to hear um, a Melba Liston arrangement of a great standard tune by Cole Porter, Begin the Begin. And then an Ernie Wilkins composition called Left-Handed Corner. And then uh, after that, a tune called I Love You Much, Too Much. And it's a kind of an obscure standard, but a lovely tune. And then following that will be a feature for alto saxophonist Jimmy Powell. And uh, he waxes very lyrically on Jerome Kern's great standard, Yesterdays. And we're going to wrap things up with a long piece of music by Tad Dameron, which features a whole bunch of soloists in the band, including uh, Dizzy himself, Al Gray on trombone, and some incredible tenor saxophone work by Billy Mitchell. And that tune is called Cool Breeze. So we take you back to the Club Bel Air in Chester, Pennsylvania, June the 14th, 1957. And Dizzy Gillespie's great orchestra, our jazz feature this evening. So sit back and enjoy the music. Here's the voice of Dizzy Gillespie to open the set. We feature Lee Morgan on the trumpet, Benny Golson on the tenor sax. Tom Bryant on the bass, and Al Gray on the trombone. We'd like to play one of, one of my latest compositions. As a matter of fact, one of my only compositions. A Night in Tunisia.
Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And now, Ernie Henry on the alto saxophone, and this is business.
thank you very much. And now we turn the spotlight on Jimmy Powell on the alto sax. The very beautiful yesterday. Uh, yesterday.
And that was our jazz feature for tonight. And, of course, it was the great Dizzy Gillespie big band as they sounded at the Club Bel Air in Chester, Pennsylvania, June the 14th, 1957. And um, just uh, an incredible performance, very well recorded by engineer Wally Hyder. And uh, it favored the band, so um, the audience was jumping up and down and all that kind of stuff, but you didn't really hear, uh, you heard some reaction from the audience, but uh, the, um, the setup that Wally had um, had to favor the band, of course, and uh, he delivered a very fine recording on this uh, very rare uh, album, which um, actually is from a private collection, and what a great uh, evening. Um, they, had just, they were just wrapping up a, a week's engagement at that club, and the band was, of course, just relaxed and cooking, and uh, they had a very on night. So we'll just run down the tunes. Uh, I'd just like to mention, of course, in the stellar rhythm section, we had Wynton Kelly on piano, Tommy Bryant on bass, and the great Charlie Persip on drums, who is one of the, the finest big band drummers and uh, a favorite of Dizzy Gillespie's, of course, or else he wouldn't hire him. Um, the first tune we heard was a feature for the 18-year-old Lee Morgan, and uh, he was the soloist on A Night in Tunisia, which, of course, was Dizzy Gillespie's most famous composition, and the other soloists on there were Benny Golson on tenor saxophone and Tommy Bryant on bass. And Dizzy Gillespie came in just at the very end to wrap things up with a, an amazing trumpet cadenza. He was the only other trumpet soloist on all the tunes. So any time after Night in Tunisia, after the... Uh, uh, after that tune, all Dizzy sold on, uh, soloed on all the other tunes. So, uh, the next piece of music we heard was um, an arrangement of uh, Autumn Leaves, and that featured uh, a little short tenor saxophone solo by Billy Mitchell, and of course uh, Dizzy on trumpet. Then we heard a tune called Dizzy's Business, written by Ernie Wilkins, and that featured alto saxophonist, one of my favorites, Ernie Henry. And then we had a great uh, original uh, composition, which was based on a classical theme by Edvard Grieg, and it was called Anitra's Dance. And it was arranged by trombonist Melba Liston. And, uh, of course, that featured Mr. Gillespie again on trumpet. Then we heard... Uh, kind of an Afro-Cuban version of Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. And the soloist on that was pianist Wynton Kelly. And then the next tune was an up-tempo thing, written by Ernie Wilkins, once again, called Left Hand Corner. And that featured Benny Golson on tenor saxophone. Then we turned to a, a tune called I Love You Too Much. Kind of a, a bit of a cheesy sort of old... Uh, Standard. So, uh, I think it was done to please some of the dancers in the audience. But that was pretty cool tune, too. And we heard solos by Dizzy, of course, and Wynton Kelly once again on piano. Then we heard Jimmy Powell on alto saxophone. 
and he was the lead voice on Jerome Kern's Yesterdays. And the final tune was um, a great version of a Tad Dameron tune called Cool Breeze. And that featured a whole bunch of soloists, including Al Gray on trombone, Dizzy, of course, uh, on trumpet, and some amazing tenor saxophone work by Billy Mitchell. And it was all driven along by some incredible drumming by Charlie Persip. So that was our jazz feature this evening. Certainly hope you enjoyed it. And uh, you are, of course, now listening to CITR. 101.9 on your radio dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And uh, we'll be right back after uh, a couple of short announcements. The first one is this one. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, RX Comics, Red Cat Records, the Regional Assembly of Text, the Wallflower Modern Diner, and Woo Vintage Clothing. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to... Uh take you to another live performance right now. This is by the Cannibal Adderley Quintet, and it was recorded at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco. That was a club that I uh, spent a lot of time at, but I wasn't there when this was recorded back in October of 1959. Now, Cannibal uh, Adderley had just finished, uh, I guess, about a year and a half with the Miles Davis Sextet, and he left in the summer of 1959 to reform his band. Now, he had a a, a very good band that he put together with his brother Nat uh, before he joined Miles, but somehow it didn't—it was a really good band. They made some very fine uh, recordings, but it didn't really click somehow. The recordings weren't— distributed very well, even though they were for a major label, Mercury Records, Um, and somehow uh, the band didn't stay afloat, and of course Cannonball accepted Miles' invitation to join his band, which was not only good uh, for his career, it kind of uh, gave him a, a much higher profile than he had had before, and he felt ready to reform the band, so he did. And it included, of course, his brother Nat on cornet and bassist Sam Jones, which was a home— he was, Sam Jones was a homeboy from Florida. Uh, the Adderleys, of course, were from Florida, too. 
But the new piano chair was taken by Bobby Timmons, and a young pianist from Philadelphia, and a great addition to uh, this first edition of the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. And on drums, Cannonball was able to lure Lewis Hayes from the Horace Silver Band, and uh, Lewis joined Cannonball's band. And somehow Lewis and Lewis Hayes and Sam Jones clicked together so well that they formed one of the finest bass and drum duets in jazz uh, for many, many years. So this is a piece of music from the uh, jazz workshop, the first recording that Cannonball made with his uh, um, reconstituted quintet. And this is a piece of music... um, it's it's a simple blues, but it's a great uh, uh, a great piece. And being a saxophone player myself, I admire Cannonball's uh, solo on this so much, and he exudes such um, confidence in his playing. Not ego, but simply confidence. It's so authoritative, and the whole band sounds good. So check out. Spontaneous Combustion by the Cannonball Adderley Quintet. Julian Adderley on alto saxophone, Nat Adderley, his brother on cornet, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums.
that was that was <laughs> um, the Cannonball Adderley Quintet recorded at the Jazz Workshop in San Francisco in October of 1959 and that was the reconstituted Cannonball Adderley Quintet and of course then um, after that Mr. Adderley uh, continued right up until his uh, demise, to uh, lead one of the finest bands ever. And this was their, this was the first edition of this quintet with, uh, of course, Julian Cannonball Adderley on alto saxophone, Brother Nat on cornet, Bobby Timmons at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Louis Hayes on drums, as uh, Mr. Adderley stated. And that tune was called Spontaneous Combustion. We're going to continue now. <laughs> we almost uh, got started too early on this one. But uh, we're going to continue with uh, some early Charles Mingus, the Charles Mingus Jazz Workshop. Mingus's music uh, in, in these early days was um, a little bit different uh, from what he was doing later on in his career, uh, in that uh, a lot of the uh, music was written out and uh, prearranged, whereas later on he um, made most of his musicians memorize uh, the music and change kind of instantly, became more uh, a little more spontaneous, a little more sort of instant uh, composition. But uh, in the early days, um, as, as Mingus said, uh, he said, we wrote just about everything out. And, of course, uh, he had to uh, use musicians that were not only good soloists but excellent readers as well because these uh, scores are rather complicated. We're going to hear three Mingus compositions here. Uh, the first one is my, one of my favorites from his early days, and it was dedicated to A cousin of, uh, actually, actually dedicated uh, to a great saxophonist. Mingus had a cousin by the same name, um, but this is a wonderful saxophone player who who died in a boating accident, and he was he was loved by all the musicians. His name Rudy Williams, and he played uh, all the horns, all the saxophones, alto, tenor, and baritone. Great musician, and uh, came to. Uh, early demise, unfortunately. So Mingus wrote this piece of music, and the first piece of music we're going to hear is called Eulogy for Rudy Williams. Then the second tune we're going to hear is a thing called Purple Heart, and the third tune is called Gregarian Chant. The people involved here, we're going to hear John Laporta on clarinet and alto saxophone, and a gentleman that went on to be one of the great producers in jazz. He was also a very fine musician, Tio Machero. And Tio is going to play tenor and baritone saxophone. 
on the other tenor saxophone is a gentleman named George Barrel. So we have three saxophonists, Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, Mel Waldron on piano, and Rudy Nichols on drums. And all this was recorded on Halloween, 1954. So we begin with the eulogy for Rudy Williams.
We heard three pieces of music by Charles Mingus, and this was early Mingus, uh, recorded in 1954 on Halloween night. And uh, we heard the Charles Mingus's Jazz Workshop, which included uh, John Laporta on clarinet and alto saxophone, Tio Machiro on tenor and baritone saxophone, George Barrell on tenor saxophone, Mel Waldron on piano, Rudy Nichols on drums, and, of course, Charles Mingus on bass. And, of course, um, original, challenging, and always interesting music uh, from Mr. Mingus. The first piece of music is one of my favorite early compositions by Mingus called the Eulogy for Rudy Williams, and it, it commemorated... Um, the great saxophonist Rudy Williams, who uh, died in a boating accident at a relatively young age, and he was admired by everyone. The second tune was a more upbeat thing called Purple Heart, and uh, the final tune was, of course, uh, very Mingusy, and that was called Gregarian Chant, kind of a tone poem, I guess. The music of Charles Mingus, always, uh, always challenging and always worth listening to. I hope you enjoyed that, uh, those, that trio of tunes. We have a couple of announcements, and uh, we'll be right back. Whoever said money can't buy you friends obviously wasn't a member at CITR. When you become a member, you get the Friends of CITR card with incredible discounts in the UBC and Kitsilano area at Australian Boot Company, Banyan Books and Sound, The Bike Kitchen, The Cove, Dantry's Pub, Displace Hashery, Limelight Video, The Eatery, Fresh's Best Salsa, Gargoyle's Bar and Grill, Lotus Land Tattoo, Nuba Kitsilano, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and the UBC Bookstore. To find out more, visit us in room 233 of the sub on the UBC campus or go online to citr.ca. Double-crossing gangs, two-bit heels, cold-blooded killers. That's right, the feverish, fatalistic world of film noir returns to the Cinematheque for another angst-filled August. This year's season features 12 hard-boiled classics, including The Blue Dahlia, Laura, Pick Up on South Street, and DOA. Don't miss the opening night on Friday, August 7th, with live music, a special introduction, and screenings of favorites, This Gun for Hire, and Gilda. All ages welcome, 1131 Howe Street. For more info, visit thecinematheque.ca. for you. Actually, tonight is going to be clear and a little bit windy by the water, uh, low of 14, and tomorrow will be another beautiful day, 
It's going to be sunny both tomorrow and Wednesday with uh, lows between 14 and 16 and highs between 24 and 30. Holy smoke, that's great. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say holy smoke with all the, all the fires that are around. Some pretty devastating stuff happening in British Columbia. Thursday, a um, bit of a downturn for Thursday. It's cloudy with a low of 16 and a high of 22. Clearing up on Friday with a low of 15 and a high of 21. And back to sunshine again on Saturday with a low of 14 and a high of 23. So that's, uh, that's our weather picture. Looks pretty good. You know, um, you often hear a reference to uh, the great tenor saxophonist Lester Young. And he was known as the president. And he really was um, one of the major voices of the tenor saxophone. And someone who really was very much ahead of his time. No one sounded like Lester Young yesterday, or no one sounds like Lester Young today. Uh, And yet he was a huge influence on uh, so many modern tenor saxophonists, from Dexter Gordon to Stan Getz to Zoot Sims, Al Cohn. Everybody was influenced by Lester Young. Sonny Rollins, John Coltrane, all of these guys. We're going to hear some prime Lester Young. Recorded in 1944, and this is with a wonderful quartet made up of Johnny Guarneri at the piano, Slam Stewart on bass, and Sid Catlett on drums. And I just was uh, checking out an interview with Sonny Rollins, and he said that uh, hearing these four recordings uh, for the first time when he was a very young man really changed his whole idea of music and the tenor saxophone. Sonny Rollins' um, influence at the time was Coleman Hawkins, and he thought at the time that Coleman Hawkins was the only approach to the tenor saxophone until he heard these recordings. And, of course, he realized that Lester Young was something else, (laughs) We hope, uh, we hope you agree. Well, we know you'll agree. Here is the great Lester Young on tenor saxophone and company. Thank you. 
Thank <laughs> you. 
We heard four classic tunes by the president, Lester Young, one of the all-time major voices of the tenor saxophone, and accompanied beautifully by Johnny Guinieri at the piano, Slam Stewart on bass, and the great Sid Catlett on drums. Big Sid, all recorded the 28th of December, 1943, in New York City. Uh, We opened with Just You, Just Me, an old standard tune that's a favorite of lots of people's. And um, Polonius Monk used to love to play that tune. Second tune was, uh, again, another standard by Gus Kahn called I Never Knew. And then we heard a a great blues by Lester Young called Afternoon of a Basieite. And the final tune was a real classic, uh, Lester's version of a Vincent Eumann's tune called Sometimes I'm Happy. Lester Young, some of his finest uh, performances on record. Well, you are listening to CITR 101.9 on your FM dial. And, of course, we're also on the web at CRTR.ca, and we're located, of course, uh, out at the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. My name is Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. I'd just like to uh, make you cognizant of a couple of websites that uh, you should check out, and one of them, of course, is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, These are the people that uh, bring you the big jazz festival. They have all kinds of plans coming up uh, for the fall. And, of course, uh, they're hard at work um, thinking about next year's jazz festival as well. But uh, you'd be wise to check out their website, which is coastaljazz.ca. And uh, that's a very comprehensive website, and you'll see all kinds of information on there. So... uh, that's that's one. And the second one, of course, is put together by my good friend Brian Nation, who is, uh, uh, has come through a, a pretty major health crisis, but he's, um, he's back on board. He's getting better. And uh, he is the administer of, um, or administrator of this great website called VancouverJazz.com. And that's another very comprehensive website as well. And you've got all kinds of links on there and It's very interesting to check out, VancouverJazz.com. And one more thing, my good friend Ken Speller. He is a wonderful music teacher. Um, He has a business called uh, Music at Home. And um, what he does is come to your house and (laughs) teaches you how to play uh, the clarinet, the saxophone, the flute, whatever you choose, and uh, because he can play them all. And um, he's an excellent teacher, but also he is a repairman, and he has his own workshop. Um, all the equipment is right in his home, so he keeps his prices very reasonable for um, overhauling your uh, saxophone or your clarinet or just uh, tweaking it, making it play as good as you want it to play, and uh, making you sound your best. 
So he's a good man to know. He can be reached at uh, 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933. Or via email kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. That's kspeller, all one word, underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. Next up is guitarist Larry Young. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) organist Larry Young. Guitarist Larry Young. No, no, no. Uh, This is a very special trio. And it's led by guitarist, yes, Grant Green, with Larry Young at the Hammond organ and the great Elvin Jones on drums, just three of them. And this is a a Larry Young composition dedicated to John Coltrane. And it's called Talking About J.C. Check this out. Thank you. 
That was a piece called Precipice, and it was written by Clifford Jordan and played by a group led by trombonist Slide Hampton. And uh, it featured, of course, Hampton on trombone, Clifford Jordan, tenor saxophone, Cedar Walton on piano, David Williams on bass, and the great Billy Higgins on drums. Precipice from an album called Roots um, that came out on Crisscross label and recorded uh, in New York City in 1985. And before that, we heard Grant Green with, uh, or guitarist Grant Green, and Hammond organist, the legendary Larry Young, and of course the great Elvin Jones on drums, from an album called Talking About Grant Green. And we heard a piece by Larry Young called Talking About J.C., and of course J.C., John Coltrane, talking about talking about J.C., and that's the uh, piece we heard before, um, the Slide Hampton tune. We're going to go back to a classic album called The Quest, and it was led by innovative pianist who just celebrated uh, his birthday anniversary, Mal Waldron, and uh, this was a special band put together with uh, Mel, of course, on piano, and this is his composition, uh, the great and late Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone, Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, who was, of course, Mingus's favorite tenor saxophonist, Ron Carter on cello, and Joe Benjamin on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums. And this is a composition. I guess what Mel meant to uh, this composition to represent was sort of urban life and the speed and all this kind of stuff that we have to do living in the big city and the struggle and all this kind of business that uh, we go through living uh, living in the city. And so this piece sort of commemorates it. It's called Status Seeking, Mel Waldron and Company.
Status Seeking. That's the title of that tune. And that was written by pianist Mel Waldron. And that's from a famous uh, prestige album called The Quest. And we heard Mel, of course, on piano, leading Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone. Amazing uh, Eric Dolphy. And Booker Irvin, one of the most powerful tenor saxophonists in the business. Ron Carter on cello. Joe Benjamin on bass, and Charlie Persip on drums, status-seeking. I guess, uh, as I mentioned before, what Mel meant uh, by that tune was sort of a a portrait of urban life. Anyway, it's a very busy, uh, intense, and uh, great composition. We're going to play something uh, rare. As a matter of fact, This band, this particular band, never uh, formally recorded. But these um, tracks have come out just recently. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, people have in the archives or been lying around or private tapes and this this kind of thing. And uh, these have just come out under the auspices of a a real uh, sleuth by the name of Zeb Feldman. And, of course... Um, he knew about this particular band and went to uh, Charles Lloyd and his wife Dorothy Dar and got permission to release these tapes. And this band included Charles Lloyd on the flute and tenor saxophone, Gabor Zabo, the great Hungarian guitarist, Ron Carter, once again on bass this time, and Pete LaRocca on drums. And we're going to hear a piece written by Gabor Zabo, and it's called Lady Gabor. Pretty fascinating performance. It was uh, recorded live uh, September 3rd, 1965, at Judson Hall in New York City. The Charles Lloyd Quartet.
Doesn't get much better than that. That's Chick Corea on piano and Gary Burton on vibes, and they were doing the classic uh, bebop national anthem written by Tad Dameron called Hot House, based on the chords of the standard What Is This Thing Called Love? And before that, we heard a group that uh, actually never recorded formally playing a composition called Lady Gabor, written by Gabor Zabel. And that group was the Charles Lloyd Quartet, recorded at Judson Hall in New York, September 3rd, 1965. And Mr. Lloyd played the flute, Gabor Zabel, on guitar, of course, and Ron Carter on bass, and Pete LaRocca on drums, and Lady Gabor. We'll hear more from those um, Judson Hall um, set. It's a great band, and uh, this stuff has just recently surfaced. This band, uh, unfortunately, never recorded as a unit, and um, Charles had these um, had these tapes and uh, released them to uh, Zeb Feldman to uh, to actually put out commercially. So uh, they've just uh, surfaced in a wonderful representation of uh, this legendary band led by Charles Lloyd. Lady Gabor. We are going to, I think, wrap up the show this evening with a couple of tunes from a very rare Eddie Harris album with the great uh, Chicago-born tenor saxophonist, Mr. Harris, Charles Stepney on, uh, on piano, Roland Faulkner on guitar, Melvin Jackson on bass, and Marshall Thompson on drums, all Chicagoans. And um, this originally came out on an album on VJ Records, and we're going to hear a couple of tunes, uh, both compositions by Eddie Harris. The first one is entitled I'm As Happy As I Want to Be. That's the name of the tune. And the second tune is called The River Nile. And so you can imagine that's a little more exotic. Anyway, here is the great Eddie Harris on tenor saxophone with those tunes. Check them out.
And that's a wrap. We heard three tunes from this uh, very rare uh, Eddie Harris album called For Bird and Bags, which came out on the VJ label, the Chicago label. And um, an all-Chicago band led by tenor saxophonist Eddie Harris. We heard um, Charles Stepney on mostly on piano, but he also played uh, some vibes on uh, the second tune. Uh, Roland Faulkner on guitar, Melvin Jackson on bass, and Marshall Thompson on drums, and of course the great Eddie Harris on tenor saxophone. Uh, we heard two Harris compositions, and uh, the third one was a composition by John T. Williams called Checkmate. The first uh, Harris composition was entitled I'm As Happy As I Want to Be, and the second tune was a little more exotic called The River Nile. And the third tune was, well, I think exotic again in a slightly different way, the John T. Williams composition called Checkmate. So that's it, and that's a wrap for our show for this Monday. And we'll be back, of course, next week with uh, another presentation. Our jazz feature next week is a a beautiful album by underrated, I guess (laughs) that's his life story, underrated trumpeter Kenny Dorham. And we're going to be doing an album called Showboat, and it's uh, it's all the music uh, as interpreted by Kenny Dorham um, from that great musical showboat. So that's going to be our jazz feature next week. Trumpeter Kenny Dorham. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening. Uh, On behalf of uh, CITR 101.9 or on your computer www.citr.ca and myself, Gavin Walker, we'll see you in seven days' time. Take care of yourselves and enjoy the weather while it lasts.